0: Hello and welcome to the Essential Empowerment Podcast. My name is Amelia Adrian. Together in this space, we'll listen and learn about the ability of essential oils to heal and transform our lives. This is a place for us to diffuse wisdom, to share our understandings and to grow our appreciation for the power of plant medicine with essential oils. And I'm so glad you're here. Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for returning. Thank you for joining in this community and being part of this conversation about all of the things that can help us grow, can help us evolve, can help us connect deeply to ourselves and deeply to others so that we can form a happy, healthy relationship, both with ourselves and, of course, that impacts out into all of the other relationships that we form with others. And I just want to say before I start that I really appreciate the words of support that I've had from some of you through messaging, through emailing, and keep those coming. And if there are subjects that you would like me to look at, then please feel free. This really would be very welcomed by me. I would like this to be a two-way conversation, you know, I would like this to be something that I can really bring to you so that it can be relevant to you and can really be of service to you. So if there are things that you would like me to to look at, then just message me, get in touch, and um, I'd love to hear from you. So today I'm going to talk about a topic that is really close to my heart. And I would imagine also really close to your heart. And that is the, the topic of connection and loneliness. These are feelings, states of being that are fundamental to the way that we experience life and although most of us would prefer to experience connection most of the time I would suggest that many of us have many many experiences multiple times through our our days maybe and our weeks where we do feel lonely even if we are in a very busy household or a very busy work environment or we have lots of people around us even when we have lots of folks around us it doesn't mean that we don't experience loneliness there is a difference between loneliness between being alone between being in large groups of people and still experiencing that still experiencing that still experiencing that sensation of loneliness that feeling of loneliness so i wanted to talk about that today from the perspective of connection but also from the perspective of what we can do to support ourselves and to support others when we feel that we are in a state a place of loneliness of feeling lonely And to look at an oil specifically that can, and and why the oils can help us with that, which may sound really abstract, I fully understand it may on first call sound really abstract, but my experience when working with the oils is that they can really foster connection. So connection, as defined by Brene Brown, is the energy that exists between people when they feel seen, heard and valued, when they can give and receive judgment and when they derive sustenance and strength from the relationship. So connection between people is a state of being that requires a degree of authenticity, honesty. I would suggest also a degree of vulnerability, vulnerability and openness. Disconnection, on the other hand, is often associated with social rejection, social exclusion, perhaps also and uh, or as well social isolation. And what I was fascinated to find out was that feelings of disconnection actually share the same neural pathway as the feeling of physical pain. So when we feel disconnected, we can really feel it in the same real space if you like as we would feel physical pain now we all have an understanding that it's important to heal physical pain you know we go to the doctor or we seek support we go to a physiotherapist or an osteo or whoever it may be but we all have the understanding that when we are in physical pain that's not okay and we we seek we seek to solve it we seek to heal it but all of the research seems to show that healing emotional pain is just as important because there is so much correlation between emotional pain and our physical well being. So, there is a difference between loneliness and feeling alone. And interestingly, loneliness is a state that can almost compound on itself. It can arise from uh, a simple situation perhaps an attempt to find connection and if we feel that that attempt to find connection was unsuccessful or has been unsuccessful then we can actually begin to enact our own disconnection we can withdraw we can feel that it's safer to keep our feelings to ourselves rather than to risk sharing them in a relationship so this is a recipe for loneliness so I would ask you, I'd invite you to just consider what is it that are your requirements for connection? What do you need in a relationship with another to feel seen, to feel heard, to feel that there is that point of connection between you? I know for myself, it's it's definitely, I, I really am drawn to people who are very honest, very truthful, very open. And also, although I really, know this word is very overused but people who are very authentic so people who are saying what they mean who mean what they say and who live who live by those um by those values who live by values that are important to them so this is one of the requirements that I have for connection with others and there's many many more as well but you may well want to just stop and pause for a moment and just consider what do I what do I seek when I connect with another. And when do I feel disconnected? When when that need is not met, the disconnection arises. And what need in me is it that's not being met? It is, is it my need for truth? Is it my need for authenticity? And just start to see the subtleties that are playing out in your relationships. It is really important, I think, to note the difference between loneliness and between being alone. And what's at the very heart of loneliness is this absence of a meaningful connection. Whether that is with a family member, with your beloved, with a friend, in your community or in your work relationships. It's this absence of meaningful connection. So I was steered towards a neuroscientist called John Cacioppo. I don't know if I've pronounced that right. John Cacioppo. I'll put his, his name in the show notes. And he founded this new field of social neuroscience so of course we all know neuroscience but John Cacioppo he actually founded the field of social neuroscience and he has he's done quite a lot of studies on this and it's it's from that that I'll just give you a little bit of information so that we can just understand the depth of of what it is what it means and we can just unpack it a little bit before we look at how the oils can support us um, in in creating meaningful more meaningful connection in our life loneliness is contagious it's heritable and also affects these stats are US stats one in four people and get this it according to his studies it uh, John cacciopo it increases the chances of early death by 20% in the states it's said that 26% of the population that's one in four people, and I would imagine these statistics are very much relevant over here in the UK and in Europe, 26 of the population, um, one in four people who regularly feel lonely. So when you look at four people in a room, maybe four of your family members, there's probably one of those people and maybe all of them, you know, maybe these statistics are underplaying the um, the the state of loneliness that we, we experience. There's one in four who regularly feel lonely. So what is happening in the brains of lonely people? This is some of the work that that John Cacioppo did. In the brains of lonely people, he wanted to understand what was happening at the endocrine level, at the genetic level, what was it doing to immunity, to our resistance to disease. He wanted to understand what effect it was having on genes, how the genes were being turned on and off, and what happens to the brain when it goes into this self-preservation mode. And the one thing, one of the, the crucial things that he found was that loneliness decreases the effectiveness of sleep. So you would have more sleep fragmentation. Maybe you would wake up and not feel rested. You might wake up and actually feel tired. And then there's a cumulative wear and tear of this that is much greater if you are lonely than if you are not. And although you can't make a direct connection, a direct line to heart disease or cancer, you can certainly see the effects of loneliness on the immune system. So this is how the emotional experience impacts the physical. Another study completely separate from John Cacioppo found the odds even higher. So the odds of dying early from air pollution are just 5% or from obesity are 20% from excessive drinking, the odds rise to 30% and from loneliness from this particular meta-analysis 45% increased chances of dying early from loneliness. So it really is something that we we, that something that deserves exploring and something that deserves our attention because we know when we give our attention to something, we then have the ability to transform it, to change it, and to shift our behavior, both to ourselves and to other people in our life who we feel may be open and vulnerable to feeling more lonely than than we do. If it's not something that we are experiencing a lot of the time, there may well be people close to us who we we really know that are they are experiencing that. So in John Cachopo's book. He explored this idea of a confidant, how important it is to have a confidant. And in the book, according to his studies, 25 percent of Americans said that they did not have one single confidant, which is very, very profound. The question was asked if one confidant is enough to change the brain chemistry. if So if you just have one person, that's your confidant. Is that enough, especially if it's a very kind of high value quality connection? and it was thought or it was found rather from from the studies that one is very helpful and uh very useful but better still if we can have more than one more than one confidant is super super helpful and I think that kind of makes a lot of sense really the question was also asked is what if this confidant is a paid professional like a therapist and that's also helpful but better if they are not paid if they're not a paid professional although of course it's helpful to have that as as one one confidant but maybe also helpful to have one that is not so he also looked at this work and produced some data around loneliness being contagious. And it's very simple when you break it down to understand the mechanism. So if we look at people's connections, maybe over a period of three or four years, let's say, so we'll broaden out the time frame a little bit, the process that happens over time where the connection breaks down is such. So let's say for example, you and me, we're friends. And then for whatever reason, I've become a little bit lonely and you're my friend, okay? But now I'm suddenly lonely for, you know, all of the reasons that we can find ourselves lonely. So now I'm more likely, the pattern of behavior that I'm gonna have towards you is more likely to be cautious, it's more likely to be on the defensive, um, I'm more likely to see you, this is so, uh, poignant and um, and really worth understanding. I'm more likely to see you, my friend, as a potential threat because it may be that you might leave me, and that would add to my pain. So you then um, so then then there would be a, a recognition that there might be a negative um, reaction socially. So then you as my friend would kind of feel into that, the defensiveness, the cautiousness. Maybe I'm seeing you as a potential threat because you're going to leave me. You'd recognize that. And so then you're more likely to move away from me. So over those three, four years, we might even stop being friends completely. And the result of that is one less confidant for each of us. Makes sense. So he also looked at John Katchapo. he also looked at how to explore, um, he also explored rather how to treat loneliness. So there's four major types of treatment that, that were studied in this, in this exploration. The first one being social engagement. So this would be that you just take a group of lonely people and you put them all together. Now, obviously, that doesn't work because it confuses the idea of loneliness with the fact of being alone. It's two very separate things. The second thing that was suggested uh, or tested out really was social skills. So this is based on the idea that people are lonely because they have poor social skills. So again, this was proven completely false. So just about, you know, most of us have pretty pretty good social skills in some areas to begin with but when we experience loneliness our awareness becomes more introspective, we focus more on ourself and we focus more on self-preservation so we're not necessarily so aware of what is happening around us and we become more like that animal on the edge of the herd, you know the one just kind of the the outlier and so then we might feel vulnerable, we might stop um stop hosting empathetic or even compassionate positions because we feel excluded because we we've turned in on ourselves we're now at the outside of the herd and so therefore we can start to lose social skills now i have definitely witnessed this in myself over years as i've gone in and out i'm pretty introverted so as I've gone in and out of social situations, and I actually probably have a degree of social anxiety at times. So I've definitely witnessed that pattern in myself. I've definitely witnessed, in, witnessed that pattern in others close to me as well. And probably amplified over the period when we were in a full lockdown and in pandemics when that was that social isolation was enforced. So the third suggestion of how to treat loneliness. By the way, that doesn't work, <laughs> that, that it's just social skills. That doesn't work as a way to cure loneliness. The third suggestion was that lonely people can just be cured if they are supported. So if they have really good supportive people around them, then we can, in inverted commas, cure them. But this also isn't shown to be effective because um, getting out of loneliness requires reciprocal connections, not just a one directional one. So you may well have experienced that when you've You've, you've tried to kind of bring somebody out of themselves, and you've offered them support um, and maybe it, ha- it hasn't landed, maybe it hasn't been met and received. And also it, we can really understand how this doesn't really hold water. This, this kind of logic doesn't really hold water because for example, in hospital, somebody is, surrounded by supportive people, somebody is, you know, they're, they're, they're in a hospital environment and they're being supported all, all the time, but often people in hospital feel very, very lonely. So then the final way that they looked at treating people was really more around changing how lonely people think about others. So having them understand what happens when their brain goes into self preservation moment mode, and this was the key treatment that actually seemed to work so it had to be applied quite a few times um, and there was emphasis on reciprocity reciprocity in communication and emphasis on reciprocity in communication so for example asking the person who is experiencing loneliness how do you read voices how do you read eyes you know encouraging a little bit of eye contact if possible how do you read posture so involving the person who was experiencing loneliness in more awareness of how they were perceiving the world. I'd also suggest, and this is where I want to bring in the essential oils, that the essential oils take us out of that self-preservation mode. They take us out of that heightened state And although they encourage and uh, invite reflection and self-reflection, I would also suggest that they bring us into a place where we can see something bigger than ourselves. They invite connection with the greater whole. So how do they do that? I've got eight ways that I have understood that they do that. And maybe some of them, maybe one of them will resonate with you. How the essential oils help us. So first of all, they foster a connection with ourself. They invite us in that moment to connect deeply with ourself, whether it's breathing in the oil and experiencing the sensation of that aroma. Secondly they foster a connection with nature as a force as a being as a an energy something that is bigger than ourselves so in that way they are instantly taking us out of ourselves beyond ourselves while also connecting us to something that is bigger than ourselves because of course we are of nature the plants the oils are of nature and so we connect to something greater than us thirdly it fosters the connection with the inner nature or the spirit of the plant of the essential oil if you go back and listen to other episodes if this is your first time here you'll hear me talk quite a lot about the inner quality of the essential oil and how each plant and each oil has its own a physical quality that is reflected in the emotional sense, that also has an, uh, an energetic resonance to it, an energetic vibration to it. So when we start to connect to the emotional qualities, the inner nature, the spirit nature, however you want to call it, of the essential oil, this starts to foster emotional intelligence. This starts to create deeper connections, deeper layers of compassion, both with ourselves. When we start to have compassion and understanding for ourselves, inevitably it pours out into the rest of the world. Fourthly, it opens us, the oils open us into a feeling space so we can acknowledge when we might be feeling low, lost or lonely. I know the times when my loneliness has really spiralled out of control was when I was numbing it, was when I was numbing that pain with, you know, you name it, whatever it was that I could find to numb it, especially in my early 20s. That was the time when I could when my loneliness really spiralled into what i would say was probably a pretty dangerous place whereas if we can understand and catch the feeling early on acknowledge it to ourselves, and then if we can acknowledge it to another put it to paper even if there isn't another that we can or feel safe to acknowledge it to it just starts to open us out and takes us out of that internalized um, self-preservation mode Fifthly, the essential oils envelop us. They create a a sense of warmth, a presence, a present moment awareness. If we're using some of the euphorics, the roses, the jasmines, the nerolis, they bring us the vanillas, they bring us into this bubble of bliss. They give us this open kind of possibility of warmth, of being held safely in the arms of the oils. Sixth, point i want to make about the oils and how they take us out of that self-preservation mode is that when we apply oils to others so if we have offered the gift of an essential oil to another maybe we offer them just in a bottle to smell to share the aroma with us maybe we offer them a massage with the essential oil maybe just a hand massage or a foot massage it brings us into the The moment where we connect with another and conversations can occur in that time or simply skin to skin touch, which helps us feel part of the wider community, the wider world gives us that human connection and takes us out of the feelings of loneliness also we know the oils soothe anxious feelings the studies are in it's it's done we know the science the oils soothe anxious feelings so it takes us out of that heightened state it takes us out of that stressful overly heightened state where we are you know that animal at the edge of the herd And it brings us back in so we feel less like we're on the outside of life. If we can drop out of the anxiety feelings at the anxious state and and bring ourselves more soothed, then we can feel less disconnected, less like we're on the outside, less like we have to drop into self-preservation mode. And finally, I think this is really important, especially if you have a company that you're working with that produces good oils or you have a good teacher uh, or you're connected in, in some way to, to, to really high quality essential oils, is they foster trust. So if we have something pure and clean that we can believe in, that we know heals us, that we know supports us, that we can reflect on, that we can reflect with, it fosters trust. And when we have trust, we feel more connected. And when we are more connected, we are less likely to feel alone. So connection matters. Being in meaningful relationships matter. And the oils really help to bring us into that state where we're more receptive to that place loneliness is, is is a warning it's like a just like pain is a warning or hunger is a, a, a signal telling us that we need we need to do something we need to act and loneliness is just a warning telling us that we need social connection and if we start to deny the loneliness it becomes just as harmful as if we were to deny our hunger or our thirst it's the same it's the same need that we just need to apply to the emotional healing as we would to the physical healing i'm going to talk a little bit about a specific oil geranium which i think really supports this conversation so you know any of the oils are going to serve you any of the oils are going to bring you home to yourself are going to invite connection in the way that i just illustrated but i thought it might be useful just to highlight one oil and to look at the the oil in detail and Geranium really does have an affinity with this conversation. So geranium, the aroma is very sweet. Uh, The movement, the energetic movement of the sweet aroma is circulating. So it's moving the energy around. We source our geranium from Madagascar and from Kenya. The emotional qualities that geranium brings you are emotional stability. It nourishes emotional withdrawal or feeling withdrawn uh, or feeling unloved, I should say, or feeling worthless or low self-esteem. So these are all trigger points for loneliness, withdrawal, feeling unloved, worthless or having low self-esteem. Interestingly, it also fosters a motherly connection and I'll give you an application point for that, for nourishing that motherly connection. Geranium soothes, worry and overthinking. Very, very useful for any kind of stress-related conditions. Physically, let's just pause there for a moment. It helps with sugar cravings. It helps with um, premenstrual symptoms, with any kind of menstrual cramps, helps with irritability. Very, very helpful to use for balancing hormones. Beautiful oil to work with in that way. But essentially Geranium helps to facilitate a trust, a sense of trust both in ourselves and in others, especially when the circumstances have been difficult. Gabrielle Moje in the book Aromatherapy for Healing the Spirit talks of geranium in this way, saying it helps to reconnect us to our feeling life, to our emotional sensitivity, bringing about a relaxed spontaneity and a healthy thirst for pleasure and enjoyment. And with this comes greater capacity for intimate communication. One in which we are able to receive and experience is as important as the power to give and express. So talking there about the power of geranium for this reciprocal relationship where we give as well as receive, you can understand how, how helpful it could be if we were experience isolation, experiencing isolation. So a couple of places to apply geranium would be the point um, CV6, CV4 or CV8. So these all run points run along the middle of the body, just around the belly button area, a couple of inches above and a couple of inches below. You can have a look um, in the internet, those, those specific points, but one practice that you might like to simply do, maybe for every day maybe you do this practice for a week is to take your geranium I would dilute it to 25 or to 50 percent here and apply it to this point right over the belly button so one drop on your index finger and then place that point over the belly button then place your other hand over the point and just hold for 1 to 3 minutes there now here this point is very very powerful it's forbidden to needle so it's not one that your acupuncturist can use but this is this is the point where we were attached to our mother so this was the first place where we were nourished so it has a very fortifying quality to it so it's the main point that we would use if there was any kind of collapse in energy adrenal exhaustion or fatigue and really it helps to give us a sense of like a kind of a warm stomach a <laughs> very deeply restorative point Good. Okay, I want to finally just finish with one quote from Aromatica, which is Peter Holmes's book and his discussion on geranium. And he says of geranium that it is emotionally deeply nurturing, stabilizing and calming with a deep rosy fragrance. He continues, geranium helps us achieve a more objective and less reactive or impulsive relationship to our feelings and emotions. And in doing so, it has the ability to expose us to greater intimacy and vulnerability. Geranium's ultimate gift to our feeling life lies in its potential for laying us open to highly intimate and authentic dialogue with both ourselves and our others and others. So you can see here how... Really, Geranium is a deep friend to us, a deep ally to us. If we're feeling isolated, if we're feeling withdrawn, if we're feeling like we might need to foster connection, both with ourselves and both with others. And remember, paying attention to those feelings, to those needs is just as important as paying attention to your other needs, your other needs of hunger, your other needs of pain because there's such a deep and profound connection between our emotional needs being met and how that impacts our physical health. i would really interested to hear your experience of this and how this has landed with you and what oils you love to use to support you in times of loneliness or isolation and what brings you back to that place of connection, that place of feeling seen and feeling heard, both for yourself and for others. I'm wishing you so much love and so much connection and brightness to the rest of your day, your evening. And I am really, really grateful for you being here and listening to this conversation. And we will meet again in this space very, very soon. Wishing you so much love.